Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink. And cinemas and DVD shops don't have a caddy, but if they did, he would be one. It's Mark Searby. Hello. 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 Though, but do you know, there, it's, advice. it's funny you say that, that they don't have a caddy. Back in the day, back in the day, um, if you, when I was a boy, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, if you went into, you know, your your local video rental shop, video or DVD, there would be people working there who were really yeah. interested in films and would actually tell you stuff. You know, like, listen, did you like that? Okay, right, let me put you on. So, you know, there was that. I mean, towards the end, obviously, the, those people had gravitated away from those jobs, and it was just you know, people who worked in there. Um, but yeah, there was a, a time. You know, uh, there was the blockbuster guy. He would always have you. Yes, you yes. Like, if you're like, listen, you're going to like this. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And you're like, okay, great, great. So, yeah, I mean, I guess to a certain degree, the the caddy, um, you know, the golf caddy in DVD shops did exist. I think that's the good thing about it. Um, when somebody's was you ever one? No, 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 not dabble? not in a um, not in a film shop in a record shop. A record shop used to oh, work in a record yeah. shop. So, um, yes, oh, I was that person. Are. You like them? You should check out them. You should try these. Have a listen to this. See what you think. So, yeah, I was one of those. I still am. I still am. <laughs> yeah. Doing so this. I, I'm just there. I don't work here. Just randomly. Yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. Who is this man? Yeah. Well, the, do you know, it's funny. Obviously, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, why don't you check out this? Why don't you check out that? We've got films to review this week. However, there are so many films out this week. We could have done 12 films. We could have reviewed 12 movies this week. Oh, let's do it. This whole show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry about the music. I'll just take it down. <laughs> 12, 12 movies. 12 movies. That is a busy so, old band, isn't it? Yeah, I know. So we've got, obviously, we're going to do the four reviews in a moment, but I just thought I would highlight some of the ones that we could have done, but we're not going to get around to doing. So in cinemas, there is a documentary about rivers. I know it sounds boring. It's really not because it's about how man used to worship rivers, you know, it, it, back in in years gone by, and now we have tamed rivers. So it's kind of like a David Attenborough documentary. Oh. It's narrated by Willem Dafoe as well, so it's got this very, uh, nice. very calming uh, voiceover as well. I found it really interesting. I was quite transfixed with it as well, I have to say, like, you know, just some of the imagery. I was like, this is fantastic. So River in cinemas I liked. Uh, Black Crab is on Netflix. Um, it's a foreign language action movie starring Numi Rapace. Um, I really like that as well. It's you know it's it's sort of a post-apocalyptic um, action movie, and Numi Rapace is always good at action. Mm-hmm. To be honest, cool. Windfall, which is on Netflix, which is Jason Segel finally coming back into the mainstream as well. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, um, yeah. It's a it's an adult thriller about a guy turning up and uh, demanding some money uh, from this couple. Um, it's it's quite intense. I've got to be honest. Uh, Titan, which is on Mubi, which is the most bizarre movie I saw at London Film Festival last year. I can't. I don't <laughs> even know how to describe describe it apart from if you thought crash was a little bit too lightweight then titan is for you okay that's the easiest thing i'm going to say about it okay and i'm going to leave it (laughs) um cheaper by the dozen a new remake of that film starring zach braff yeah zach braff from scrubs is on disney plus as well um fresh on Disney Plus as well, which is a horror movie set in the world of online dating. And it's got a twist <laughs> you will 
Never Forget. Oh, okay. This sounds like a real story. So I'm not going to say any more. I'm not going to say any more. But, it, you know, it, it's it's not a full-blown horror movie at all, but it's, it is, I would class it as a horror movie as well. So that's on Disney+. Plus. So as I said, all of those films Blimey. we could have reviewed. We could have done that. in the same week. What's happened All there? of them just... we could have talked about. Um, but instead, I've picked out three that I, I think stand out more than those, to be honest with yeah. you. So Three very different films as well. Very different nice. films, yes. Um, so let's tee off with. I uh, <laughs> say, listen, nice. I, I wrote that down as well because I thought you're not the only guy who could do puns here, you know. <laughs> so let's talk about the Phantom of the Open. Phantom of the Open, not the opera, Phantom of the Open. It is a true story about Morris Flickcroft, a shipyard worker from Barrow in Furness who enters the 1976 British Open Golf Championship without ever having played the sport. Oh, wow. What a hero. Right. I mean... I like this guy. That's hilarious already, (laughs) you know. Uh, I I will say, you know, you may have seen the trailer. You may have seen uh, the director or some of the stars being interviewed on TV or whatever else. You instantly know with this film what beats it's going to hit you can even guess how the story is going to play out with Morris and the rest of his family. It is incredibly obvious all the way through. However, that counts for nothing when the film is so enjoyable and so heartwarming as The Phantom of the Open really is. It's a delight from start to finish. Um, Mark Rylance, Oscar winning Mark Rylance, plays Morris, who is a he's a kooky yet quite intelligent man who overnight becomes obsessed with golf. He just accidentally turns on his TV and he sits up all night watching golf. And then he decides (laughs) to enter the biggest competition in the world. That's it. Okay. That's it. So sets off quite an hilarious chain of events to basically getting there. Things like his wife not knowing how to fill out the application form. Uh, Morris practicing golf on the beach. Uh, Morris discovering he actually needs proper clothes, proper golf clothes, which his mate gets him from his mate down the local market, not from a golf shop. (laughs) Now, they're just three examples, okay, of how much fun this movie is. It is such a loving piece of work. It really is. You know, it's about a very extraordinary man in... Yet he's kind of not. He's an ordinary man in very extraordinary circumstances. He puts himself there. The thing is, even if you do or do not know Morris's story, I didn't know it, I've got to be honest. Um, And because this film is based on a book, it's adapted for the screen by comedian Simon Farnaby, who I think is one of the best uh, British screenwriters and comedic actors around. Um, you know, he's he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's one of the co-writers on Paddington. So already he's high oh, in wow. the book, really. Um, Very cool. You know, it, 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 as I said, it doesn't matter whether you know this story or not because it's so addictive, this film, and it is really is it, funny as well. Is it based on a true story? It's based on a true story. Oh, this genuinely wow. happens. So when Even you better. go, when you sit through the credits at the end, it shows you some of the real footage from the newsreels <laughs> and from uh, Morris playing it and the interviews as well. So that's great. There are, fantastic. you know, the, there's some throwaway bits where you would think that didn't happen. No, no, it all happened. It genuinely <laughs> all happened. Um, Morris's, for, uh, Morris's story is really fun to watch. 
And if you think it sounds boring, a random guy entering one tournament, well, think again, because Morris, in his first tournament, gets thrown off the course, right? But then the next year, he turns up in disguise. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, wow. And then the year Wonderful. after that as well. Oh, amazing. So, amazing. so Morris has could got... could still be out there. It, 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 disguised again. It, it's so bizarre. So Morris has got all of these crazy ideas and crazy inventions. <laughs> and his family don't really stop him. They just sort of roll their eyes and then go with it because he is that type of person. As I said, really lovable guy. You can't help but really be entertained by everything he does. Um, I've got to mention as well, as I said, written by Simon Farnaby, directed by Craig Roberts, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, he's an actor and has slowly been moving into directing. I highly recommend uh, the film that he did, Just Jim. Uh, that was his first movie. Um, you know, he's been in Horrible Histories, uh, the the movie. He's done the TV show Red Oaks as well. Really, really, uh, you know, he's a very smart actor and director. What yeah. he's done here is he never veers towards schmaltzy or, and this is important as well, I think, laughing at Morris. That's important. Yeah. You, you know, buy into him. You buy into him. It's like it's a tribute movie. Like a, it's a nice. genuine piece of love, you know. A lot. I think. I think Craig Roberts has put a lot of care and attention into this movie, and to show that if you put your mind to it, you can probably achieve anything, really. And yeah. you know, I, I think that's great, and that, that's why I wanted to mention Craig Roberts because I think he's got a really interesting career ahead of him uh, as a director. Never, never mind as an actor, who I think is very good. You know, transitions from serious to comedy very, very well. But his career as a director is very interesting. I really, I, you know, I'm impressed with his movies. I really have been. I think this is his best to date. I don't really know how he'll top it. I'm sure he will. Uh, he seems to be following the career that Dexter Fletcher has had as well, which is no bad mm. thing because Dexter Fletcher obviously now is wanted in Hollywood. Um, so I think Craig Roberts, director, certainly to look out for. And, you know, this is a film that... As I said, his best today, deservedly so. Wonderful movie, really funny. Everybody is top drawer across here. You know, even Sally Hawkins, who plays Morris's wife in this, and it's kind of a secondary character. Even she's great in it. Well, Sally Hawkins is great in everything, to she's be honest. She's always brilliant. She's yeah. always brilliant. You're right, yes. Uh, but, you know, she hasn't got much to do, but the bits she does, I still think are really good. Um, just great across the board. Great. Love this. Had such a wonderful time with it. Laughed a heck of a lot. I saw it with a full cinema. Everybody was laughing. As I said, everybody was laughing with Morris, not at Morris. And that's the most important thing about this movie is that you love the fact that what he's doing is so out of the ordinary <laughs> and taking on the man, shall we say. Inspiring. Inspi yeah. yeah, that's what it is. It's inspiring. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Let's leave it at that. Inspiring. Beautiful. Well above par. And uh, it's a hole in one. It's a hole. I oh, listen. Yeah, I know yes. people are going to make that pun about it. I know people are going to yes. make it, but we had to do it. You know, you did the. It's you know, it's it's a par. I did a hole in one. So they yeah. pitching. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it. I think I'm done. Oh, do. <laughs> what we got next, Mark? So it's slightly different. I think. Yes. So streaming on Prime Video. Uh, this is Deep Water. It is about a well-to-do husband who allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce. 
he becomes a prime suspect in the disappearance of her lovers. Right, so there is quite a lot of chatter and has been around this film. So the two leads, Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, started dating while making this movie. Oh, really? Yes. They're they're not together anymore because Ben's back with J-Lo. So there's also the fact that this film was dumped onto streaming because it had been delayed several times in the cinemas. And then the studio was like, oh, we, we, we don't know what to do with it. Uh, what is it? You know, because <laughs> nobody makes erotic thrillers anymore and we've got an erotic thriller and we don't know what to do with it. So basically they dumped it to streaming. Um, it's made by the director who also made Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct and the remake of Lolita. So you can see where this is coming from. It's It's a bit of a pattern here. Yeah, it's based on a Patricia Highsmith novel as well. If anybody reads Patricia Highsmith, they'll know that there is quite a lot of sauciness in Highsmith's novels as well. So in the background, all of that is going on, okay? But is the film any good is the question. Well, I kind of think it is. I mean, sure, it's not as hot and heavy as some some of the director's previous works, which we just mentioned. However, there is something to be said for the acting between Affleck and De Armas. There is genuine chemistry there. Obviously, now we know that it continued off screen. (laughs) I know where that came from. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed the passive-aggressive attitudes uh, that they both have, that and they then push onto each other as well because it kind of brings out different sides to their characters. And these characters are really complex. Every movement or every piece of dialogue feels like it's a metaphor or a simile. You know, it's it's a film bristling with drama and tension, and that's just between the two characters, two main characters, really. Um, yeah. Then mm-hmm. you add into the mix the possibility that somebody is bumping off the wife's lovers. And it becomes a bit of a cat and mouse game. Now, this is where I think the film falls down a little bit. I don't think it's as strong as it, it, it gets very weak. And I, I think that the tension barely gets above a bit of a ripple. You know, as much as the killings are part of the storyline, it does feel like the film could have done away with just sort of not, you know, not being as hard and heavy on them at any point. Instead, just sort of mentioning them, you know, they're they're in the background. Something's happened, blah, 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 et cetera. Yeah, didn't need any gory Yeah, well, it's not gory. That's the thing. I won't say that. It's just the fact that I think it it leans too heavily on them in terms of showing things. Um, Yeah. And it, it could have just sort of hinted at it. it it happens a couple of times and i found that was the the best parts of it to be honest with you where the guys are sat around and they go hey did you hear so-and-so died and they go oh really then there's this big discussion about it so yeah when it's when it is showing not so much showing the killings because it doesn't really show them but when it's really focused on them i felt like that was a little bit of a a step down i've got to be honest um as much as i think the script is okay it's it's all right. Uh, it's elevated because Ben Affleck and Anna de Armouris are doing a heck of a lot of heavy lifting with some some at times quite clunky dialogue. It's got to be honest. Um, all right, but yeah. because yeah. we know this chemistry's there because the chemistry's there, but because they're both excellent actors in their own right, 
they're, they're making it better. And I think Ben Affleck is a real standout here. As much as, you know, me and you have talked about Anna de Armas quite a lot recently. Obviously, you know, she's great in... Endlessly. Yeah. She's great in No <laughs> Time to Die, great in Blade Runner as well. Um, you know, yeah, she's got... Yeah. She's she's really a, a very good actress. I really like her. Anytime she pops up in something, I think, okay, great, fantastic. I think Affleck yeah. is fantastic in this. And it once again, it's showing that Affleck is going back to some of the, the more diverse filmmaking the more interesting characters you know we talked about um finding a way finding the way back what was that two oh, years yeah, ago or something you know dumped onto dvd really poorly treated one of affleck's best performances while this is not one of his best performances i think there is End something to this there is something to yeah. this his performance certainly so hmm. look if you want the steam and the sizzle and the burning desire that the director uh, adrian lynn used to put in his movies, you know, used to put in Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct, then this is not the film for you. If you want something that has a bit more bite between the two central characters, you know, it's got a bit more ambiguity about it, a bit more unsure as to what game either of them are playing, then this is the film for you. I came away thinking this is actually quite a good thriller, regardless of, some of the some of the more disappointing moments. I was still entertained. Yeah. So deep vulture, not quite as deep as you thought, but you kept afloat. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's paddling water, shall we say? Not like a full scuba, but you need a snorkel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. I find it's finally out then. This took a little while, didn't it? To come yeah, out. well, th- this is the thing. So it was meant to be out the start of last year, and then obviously cinemas shut down, so it got put on the back burner. Then it was meant to be out, I think it was like October or November, and then the studio were like, we don't know what to do with this. Well, you know, Nobody makes erotic thrillers anymore. We- we're not sure about it at all. Um, so then they sold it to Amazon, and now it's streaming on Prime Video only. And there it is. So at least they haven't got to go down the uh, the red carpet together. Yeah, a part of me does wonder if maybe that was it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So Deep Water out on Prime Video and Phantom of the Open out in cinemas. And what else you got for us, Mark, on the DVD? Uh, so out on DVD, I thought, you know what, let's uh, let's talk about this movie um, because, well, you'll see in a minute. Clifford the Big Red Dog is out on DVD and Blu-ray. It did have a cinema release, I think, earlier this year. Um, it's uh, it's the story of a... back. It, it, well, kind of, yes. Um, it's the story of a, a young girl's love for a tiny puppy named Clifford that her love makes the dog grow to an enormous size. True story. (laughs) (laughs) This can happen. We've all seen it. (laughs) So I think most of us here in the UK will probably know Clifford the Big Red Dog from the series of books written by Norman Bridwell, which were first published. I I didn't know this. First published back in the 1960s. Were they really? Yeah. That's older than I thought. I had no idea either. I've got to be honest. So I I think that's where most of us know it from here in the UK. This is, I was surprised by this as well. This is actually the first big screen adaptation of Bridwell's work. 
obviously I can see why they waited until maybe around these times, because it would be very difficult to create a very large dog before the advent of modern CGI. Can you imagine that in the 60s? Well, wow. well I, I would they'd like put to a that, camera underneath, a, you know, like a St. Bernard or something, wouldn't they? And just get them to run or something. But, yeah, you know. Um, really short people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's I can see why it's done. But having a big red dog in the film it doesn't mean it's any good. In fact, the dog, well, the CGI, is actually the best thing in it. And, I, you know, so I like the dog in the film. OK, I like the dog. Yeah, OK, good, good, good. It would have been criminal if you said anything other. Yeah, well, yeah. Dog. I hate everything else about the film, though. I, I, like, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, who is this aimed at? I have no idea who this is aimed at. It seems to have moved past the age range that the books are, are aimed at and instead is trying to aim at teenagers because the central character is a teenager. But then I'm thinking, are teenagers really watching this? You know, it, yeah, it looks a bit... like a kid's movie, as oh. in, you know, it looks like a... Uh, you know, like, like a film for seven or eight-year-olds. It should be mm. a film for seven or eight-year-olds, but the filmmakers seem to think aiming at a, an older demographic will work. I don't think it does, purely because the storyline is so insipid, right? So the storyline also has... So the, there's this, like this evil corporation doing experiments on animals, and they see Clifford, and they want to experiment on him. Cue this large cross Manhattan chase between the evil animal testers and Clifford's owners. I mean, I say chase, it barely gets above walking pace. It's, it's <laughs> honestly, it's literally one of these films where you don't care about any character. Sorry, where you don't oh, care about any uh, human. Okay. Oh, yeah, None of them are interesting. Them. None of them are fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and it, it, speaking of fun as well, I've got to bring this up. Uh, Jack Whitehall is in this. Okay. Why? Right. Why has somebody decided that Jack Whitehall should have an American accent when in the film he explains he came over from England as a child and his sister has an English accent? No. Why? I can't imagine him with an American accent. Well, it's not. Why would you do this? That? Is the thing? Well, it's be... not. It's horrible. It's <laughs> absolutely. But but here's the thing. Oh, In the film, God. they go. He's English. He's from England, and his sister, who lives with him, is from England, and she has an English accent, but he doesn't. And they try and explain it away in the most bizarre of circumstances, where you think, just let what Jack Whitehall have an English accent. It doesn't work. It's absolutely pointless. It's absolutely dreadful. It really is. Yeah. And then. If you think it's not bad enough, he does it all the way through the film. So you have to suffer through it. You know, it's like watching Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. It's that bad. Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the opposite version of that, basically. Oh, no. Um, We're getting our revenge. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, it, it felt like I was suffering through this movie. It really did. I mean, Tony Hale is in this movie. I love Tony Hale. He's brilliant in Veep. You know, he's a great funny actor who really you know anytime he's in a movie i'm like well this film's going up 10 percent. he looks bored he looks really bored yeah. he is the owner of the evil animal testing company i just i don't get it i don't get it i just don't get why this film 
is so far away from its demographic. And what it's trying to do is come across as cool, hip, trendy for teenagers. And it's completely missing the point as to who this should be aimed at. Well, no. I Bit of I, dog's dinner then. It is. It absolutely is. As I said, I like the dog. That's it. That's it. Just, just I mean, the poster's nice. The poster looks Christmassy. It's yeah. come out the wrong time of year. Well, I mean, obviously, it did come out just before Christmas in the US. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So that's why I'm doing that. But that's it. It's it's a big red dog. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of playful. It's kind of fun, you know. I like the dog. Shall we just leave it at that? Just just that. Nice dog. <laughs> yeah. Good dog. Good dog. Oh. Um, t- terrible rest of it. The re- the, oh. So, that's a shame. I thought Jack Whitehall was doing well when he's his little Hollywood... Um, Just because he's in the film doesn't mean he's any good. Let us remind ourselves of (laughs) the terribleness of his performance in Jungle Cruise earlier this year opposite The Rock. (laughs) Last year, sorry, last year. Blimey, yeah. Yeah. Um, So just because he's in them doesn't mean it's any good. Jack. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to watch a little clip of this to just get the the gist of the American accent. Uh, trust me, um, it's it's available yeah, online. Hear it. It's online, and I can imagine when you hear it, you'll go, what? what what's that? Where is that from? I don't even know what <laughs> accent that is. What American accent is that? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Teeth-clenchingly bad. Oh. So what we got for us next week, Mark? Uh, so next week, we're going to be talking about uh, a foreign language film that's actually been getting quite a lot of awards nominations. The worst person in the world. It's not about you, oh. Stuart. It's not about you. I was going to say, they made my, it's fine. my it's biography. Fine. It's finally out there. I'm so <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually a rom-com. So, um, oh, yes. Oh, it won't be my biography then. No. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. <laughs> Just a com. DVD and Blu-ray. We will be talking about Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's uh, remake of the classic film Noir. And then, cool. especially on the podcast, we will be talking about the big screen adaptation of the hit musical Dear Evan Hansen. So if you've seen the stage adaptation, um, mm. there is a uh, there is a film version of it. So we'll be talking about that. Excellent. I'll bring the jazz hands and we'll do a, do a number. Well, uh, I'm not really into, you know, jump, driving and wailing, to be honest. No? No, I'll oh, just... Struck me as a jump, driving and wailing. <laughs> I'll just do, uh, I'll do the West Side Story finger clicking instead. I think that's more my speed. I've got to be honest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's much easier. Yes, it is. Film reviews and movie news. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films. And I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from. Or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. So, Phantom of the Opera out in cinema. Uh, hang on, hang on. Phantom of the Open. Oh, I said Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're not the first person to make that Amazing. mistake this week, okay? Oh, I bet everyone does. <laughs>